It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. All right, guys, welcome back to another week of Cyclone Insider. We, we should be back on our normal schedule with our Des Moines Register programming now that the Cardinals are out of the playoff contention. So we're on tonight, 6 to 7. Tomorrow night, it'll be Chad Lysico and Mark Emmer in with Ross for Hawk Central. Don't worry, Hawk fans, I'm done hosting that show for the foreseeable future. You don't have to put up with me. Uh, and then we'll have uh, Cody Goodwin and the boys will be in for High School Insider coming up on Friday from six to seven as they lead us into um, as, as they lead us into the football Friday night. And believe it or not, that season will be winding down here before you know. But it's Cyclone Insider now. We have Tommy Birch. We have Des Moines. Uh, your uh, are you our most tenured columnist now? The Reg- I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. The man with the plan, you know it all. I do. I know where the skeletons are buried too. He, he knows. He knows where all the damn skeletons are buried. <laughs> I know where people. they're all buried, dude. Don't. I don't, don't care know. where. Take your pick. Um, you name it. I know where the skeletons are. Well, I'll take my pick, and we're gonna. Boy, um, Professor Peterson is back today, and I have a feeling the the letter grades from Thursday night's uh, seventeen to seven loss to Texas could be interesting. We'll get to that momentarily. Tommy Birch is with us as well, at least for the first part of the program, and then he's got to go up and cover uh, availability tonight up in Ames. What's up, Thomas? Not much. How are you? Great. Uh, I'm doing fine. I have no complaints whatsoever. Let's just dig right into Thursday night, Randy. What was your takeaway? Iowa State 17-7 to loss to Texas. Iowa State lost another game it could have won. Um, yeah, I felt that way too. Yeah, Plain and simple. I mean, we all know what what happened in the Iowa game, and that's not taking anything away from Iowa. It's Iowa State did more to lose that game than than in the late parts of it than Iowa did to win it. And against against Texas, Iowa State gave up the gave up on the rush way too soon. And I'm usually a pass first guy, but but I even I could see that that um, when Texas was was rushing three guys a lot, mm-hmm. only three a lot. They're still passing, so they're passing right into the teeth of of Texas's secondary, Texas's defense. So they gave way up on that way too soon, and I don't know whether Campbell even insinuated that or not a couple of times, either after the game or during Monday's press conference. But I think that there was some, probably some discussion about, you know, the game plan and the game plans going forward in that respect. Yeah, I would think so too. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know, Tommy. I got the feeling that they felt like they couldn't run the ball against Texas. Uh, but I, but I still, it's like you, you kind of have to try. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't felt. I, I felt like they didn't really give it a chance to get going. And the thing about Texas is, yes, they do such a good job at stopping the run. You saw what they did against USC. But on the other hand, you know, David Montgomery is one of your best offensive weapons, and Montgomery has shown an ability to elude tacklers. And even when he gets hit, he mm-hmm. can make something out of nothing. So you you got to give him a shot to at least show what he can do and maybe try to make something out of nothing and maybe get some momentum going. It just felt like they they never really gave him the shot to to get going and kind of piggybacking off what Pete said too, you know, this loss, it to me it felt a lot like it did after the UNI game last season where there was just so much excited, excitement, so much build up for the season. 
that this loss just seems to have taken out so much energy and excitement from this fan base because I think they looked at it as this game was going to be the turning point in um, in the Matt Campbell era. I feel like they needed this one or Iowa. They needed to go yeah. one-on-one. I feel like you games, could split yeah. that and, and be fine. Split and you're still on pace. Yeah, I, I mean, now, Randy, don't you – they got to upset somebody along the way that you don't Maybe see. a couple somebody's along the way. Perhaps, yeah, yeah, to get to a bowl game. Yeah, well, any, any, yeah, I mean, they'll only be favored in one game, I would think, going forward down. That'd be Kansas. I'm defending a Baylor, probably Baylor also. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. said Kansas for sure, and, you know, I, who knows? I, but I bet it'd be close to a pick em if they played Baylor this yeah, week. Yeah, and off, Baylor can still be, road. it's, yeah, Baylor can still be winless at that point in time. Um, and if that, if that happens, you know, what happens, you know, where's the, the mindset of those guys? But yeah, Iowa State's going to have to have a couple, a couple upsets. And I don't know where they, I don't know where they're, they're at in the schedule right now. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, the, the problem is you, you really still have the teeth of your schedule remaining. You're two and oh, two yeah. and the teeth. Of, I mean, you, you've got a top five team in Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma State's a top five offense. TCU's TCU is better than what some people expected. TCU's really me. good. Um, and then, like some some of those games that are tweeners, Texas, Texas Tech, Tech, I mean West Virginia, th- those are all on the road. So, you know, I mean, the, there's still winnable games out there, but it's not like the only sure thing you got is Kansas. Yeah, I think before when when you when you went into this Texas game, I think a lot of those games that were swing games, you're kind of like, okay, I can kind of see them maybe going Iowa State's way. You mentioned at Texas Tech, at Baylor. Uh, now you got to be a lot more pessimistic because this team really hasn't done anything to give you the benefit of the doubt that that those swing games are going to swing in their favor. Jacob Park's not having a very good season right now. David Montgomery's not having a very good season right now. Um, the offensive line, maybe it's not as solid as what we thought it was after a couple games. Um, interesting that it's the offense that that right now is not playing well for Iowa State, and that is the side of the ball that we thought would be the strength I, of the team. I, I still think it's a really good offense right now. I think they fa- they ended up facing yeah. probably the toughest defense they'll face. And granted, it was a really tough defense. They didn't help their cause by any means, too. You know, Jacob Park played the probably the worst game of his career so far, but. There, there, I think there are still reasons to get excited that, hey, this offense is still going to produce at a, at a pretty high level. I'm, I think I'm with you. Um, Park was bad on Thursday. Montgomery really never had an opportunity to do anything. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to toot my own horn. I never really thought this line would be that good. I mean, I thought it would be adequate. I mean, that would be fine. A decent Big 12 line. But they, I thought Thursday night, what that showed me, one way or another, if it was the coaches and the the way they game planned around it, or the performance, whatever, they just don't have the maulers up front to be confident in you know run blocking against a really good defense. Interestingly, that's what my takeaway was. Yeah, I, and I agree with that. Interestingly, to go along with you, Montgomery on the first. Play of Iowa State's first play of the game. Didn't he gain nine yards? Nine yards, yeah. A rush. A rush. His longest his longest rush of the game. 
Okay, Iowa State's longest rush of the game. Yeah, it was. And then bizarre. what happened? And then what happened? Twenty four or twenty five of twenty nine first down plays after that for Iowa State had something to do with a pass, whether it be an incompletion, whether it be a completion, whether it be a sack, whether it be an interception. The next twenty nine plays, twenty five of them were had something to do with twenty nine first down plays. I know that's nitpicking, but it's being predictable. So had something to do with passing. They gave up on the they gave up on the rush. I and I'd be interested to to hear what Matt Campbell has to say about this. But I did a podcast today at Cycle and Fanatic with Jeff Woody, where, where Jeff will like draw up three or four different plays. Not draw them up, but we actually get the video of it. He point like he it's a teaching session basically. And you remember the one third of one where they they attempted the pass. And everybody yeah. kind of freaked out. Yeah, exactly. After the, yes. Yeah. So, but what Woody showed me, and and this is where I'd be curious to know how many of these types of plays that were there, where that was a read, and Park made the wrong read, where he should have handed it off to Montgomery. He dropped back and and threw it. And I don't know. Maybe that was an isolated deal, but it was the one play that Jeff pulled up. And I'm curious if. Park was more of a problem in the decision making and, and those types of things at the line of scrimmage than we originally thought. Park was definitely rattled. I mean, you talked to, you know, even Alan Lazard said after the game, um, I think all the pressure that got to him because what? He had been sacked one time going into that game. Quickly, Texas piles up two or three really fast sacks. And that not only took him out of rhythm, but I, th- I think really rattled his cages. And probably got his mind wandering, kind of his mind thinking in in weird different ways. He had to deal with adversity he had never faced before. So um that I think that totally took him out of his helmet. It was kinda of like what we had seen in the past with a lot of Iowa State quarterbacks when they had such a bad offensive line. It kinda of sped up their their mental clock a little bit and then by the time the offensive line got serviceable, we saw it with Sam Richardson for so many years where even once the line got a little bit serviceable, Sam just never could readjust his clock and 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 get it figured yeah. out. And I think that could have been part of the problem with Park too. And there was stuff going on on the sidelines. I don't, you know, I know yeah. how we've how we've heard the spin on that, but there was stuff going on on the sidelines. Did you go also. back and watch the game, Randy? I did not. I did not. What, what I did, I don't. And we can't obviously we, from. Where we sit in the press box, we yeah, can't I, see the field. I watched it. We again. can't see that sidelines. So I re, I usually try and rewatch the game. Yeah, did you after I, I get home? And yeah. I did. What what was it like? You know, like it. I could see, I could see like if you're a guy sitting at home and you you read the register and you you know you casually follow the team and you're a fan, how that would look terrible. Having been around Park and knowing how Campbell is with the players, I guess it didn't bother me as much. There were definitely antics. I'm not denying that. I just we all. That's why I asked the question I asked in the press conference on Monday. Like Park's a kind of a weird dude. Like he's not a normal. Like he's not your stereotypical college athlete. Marchie Murdoch called him a strange cat. Yeah, that's a. He marches a, to his own beat. There's yeah, no so doubt like about that. that's why I asked Campbell. Like, so how do you hone in like his success, and how do you hone in when he's kind of losing it on the sidelines like that? And I don't know. Like to me, it looked like, oh, that's Mad Jacob Park. You know, that's your like, leader, though. Also, no, I'm not, yeah, I'm not defending it. He's not. That's not the first time he's, he's no, done that. But either. What I'm saying is, it was less surprising to me knowing Jacob 
than I think it would be like a casual fan. Less never... surprising yet acceptable to you? No, I'm not. I didn't. I'm not. Again, I'm not making an excuse for it. I'm. I think it was Jacob being Jacob a little bit where. You've got to find a way to hone that in, right? Which is why I asked the question the way that I've, I did. I've on seen Monday. him because I, I just think that, like, they're like, for instance, former Iowa State quarterback Sam Richardson would never have done that. Very passive young man, didn't wear his emotions on his sleeve. Park, not that way. He's the polar opposite of Sam Richardson when it comes to that. So that's why when I watched it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not a good look, but it doesn't entirely surprise me. I've seen Jacob um, have words with with um, um, Butler. Also, I don't. Oh, really? I remember once even saying something to you about it during during a game. I said, "Look, he's he's um, him and Hakeem are having words." I've seen him, and this is granted. This is from the press box, and but it's just my observation after X number of years. You know, I I, yeah. I, I get paid to observe. I've seen him um, have discussions with the offensive lineman as well. Um, so you think he's pointing he's, fingers? I don't know that. I don't know. I think it's just Jacob Park, and I don't know for four games. Three games, it, you know, it, it it seemed to be okay. I don't know whether continuation of that, yeah. if things continue to trend the way they're trending for Iowa State, I don't know how much more of that can be withstood. We're gonna find out real quick because you know, one, they're entering into kind of the gauntlet part of this schedule, but also, like, man, Jacob Park is still really raw and still pretty. Maybe not Rob, but still really early into his career as Iowa State's starting quarterback. Six you know? games. Yeah. So you're halfway through, um, you know, just one season. So, you know, he last season we didn't get to see him deal with adversity he's going to deal with right now. I think you saw it on some levels, but at least he had Joel Lanning to kind of carry some of the baggage with him as well. And... I mean, yeah, I would say, I would say the body language hasn't been great with Jacob Park, but it's like you said, knowing Jacob Park who he is, um, it didn't bother me that much. But I would say if they keep losing, keep struggling, and he keeps doing that, it's it's probably not going to consistently sit well on those sidelines. Tommy Birch, Randy Peterson, the Des Moines Register's Cyclone Insider Program. That's what you're tuned into right now on fourteen sixty KXNO. As far as Park goes, I think it's interesting, too, the fact that he's older. So we all have different types of expectations for him, and it's hard to remember it's his sixth start. Like that, for me at least. Like I I think of Park as this veteran, but he's really not. I mean, he's really a pup out there when it comes to Division I college football. Yeah, and I think part of that. A talented one. Yeah, I think part of that comes with. The idea he's been through so much, you maybe by this point you do kind of expect him to 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 understand how to deal with adversity a little bit more. And but you know the the signs have always kind of been on the on the wall when it comes to Jacob Park. You know he, you know from some of the things he went through last season. You know being benched during that start. You know Campbell publicly challenged him going into. This season, saying he's got to take on more of a role as kind of a CEO and leader, and you know, Campbell only does that if 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 they're not responding to those, I think, internal challenges at practice. So it's 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 going to be fascinating to see because you see all the all the potential and 
um, you know, talent that Jacob Park has, but he is an extremely emotional and fascinating human being. And in that respect, and in that respect, it's it's in that respect, it's too bad that Iowa State's playing Oklahoma this week because Iowa State's not going to beat Oklahoma. I mean, in all likelihood, yeah, they need. So that you, like- you won't see any any signs of improvement. Won't be visual. I mean, won't won't be yeah, in black or white. I feel like. And this is such a loser's mentality, but I'm just well, being realistic. You've got 18 in a row there, dude. <laughs> they need to Oklahoma. just not get destroyed. You know, yeah. they have come, a game like last year. I think that goes. That'd be great. I, I've said it a couple times this week. Like that was when I started kind of believing in Campbell. Mm-hmm. Was that Oklahoma game last year? Because they may have lost, but I've seen I, I've seen so many Iowa State teams just roll over and die when they're playing Oklahoma, and that team just kept claw. And they they were so the That's, talent level wasn't even comparable that's probably the one row thing that you can i mean yeah we we've seen this team make strides already but it's probably one thing really worth noting going into these you know what would appear to be extremely lopsided games is campbell's team so far they for the most part they can take a hit and at least get back up and and not go down for the count the defense played well if you want to talk a little positive here. Joe Lanning was the second-best player on the field. I, I just think that the front seven was really impressive from the, the line to what the linebackers did. And, you know, it, there's a it's a hard line because it's like, well, I don't think Texas's offense is very good either. They didn't do that against Oklahoma State. So I'm not going to crown these guys yet, but to find some positives. Nonetheless, it's Texas, and probably position for position, they're athletically better than Iowa State. Correct. I would guess. So most positions. I mean, that's I'm a. Sorry. That's a. I don't mean to. Hakeem Butler and Lazard. I'm sure Iowa State's better. Or yeah, Iowa State's better there. But there's um, a difference between pure talent and who are better football players. Yeah, you know, no, and yeah. pure talent wise, Texas has better guys. I mean, the recruiting rankings prove it every year. But I don't know. Like, do you want to give some letter grades here before Tommy has to go? The defense. I I don't know how you can give much less than a a B. B plus. I give him a B plus. I, I mean, give him a B plus too, just because seventeen they, points. They kept him in the game. They they got a turnover. Um, um, they they got stops. I mean, they they play exceptionally well. Um, my thing with Joel Lanning, I, I yeah, he's already exceeded my expectations. But there are still a lot of times where you're seeing, especially early on in that game, team like Texas. And especially in the Iowa game, really abusing that inexperience of Joel with slants across the middle of the f- field, kind of picking apart where where he's at at times. But he's he's definitely been um, a major surprise, and it should be interesting to see how far he's going to be by the end of the season. What about you, Randy? Um, For the defense. I would say B. I don't do the pluses and minuses and stuff. Yeah, I agree with the B. You just old school, just straight letter grade. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I, I I guess I have nothing nothing to add. I think Joel Lanning, like I said, was the second best player on the field behind Malik Jefferson, and um, the defense certainly got better when with Kamari Cotton Moya. You can tell a difference. Yeah, you really can tell a really difference can. when he's on the field. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, Farniak. Yeah, when Farniak. Yeah. How did you know that? I, I it's it, also you, came. Remember that when he yeah, did, it just went reminded in. me like when he Farniak said, tapped somebody on the shoulder. And when he was on the here. line, they were actually pretty good. And when he left, like, the nine day differences are just astounding. Maybe I don't even know if this is fair, but I feel like the D line and the linebackers have been better than the defensive backs as a whole. They have this year. 
And they've been better than the offensive line, too, I think. Oh, yeah. But at times, which they're, is weird. they're also being put in some tough situations where Iowa State's constantly relying on that skill and experience and putting them in one-on-one situations where... Um, yeah. Except know, on third down. Except on third oh, down. On a third down, you know. I I don't know if I've ever seen a team worse on third down yeah. than Iowa State football throughout the course. Can't of get off the field. And then I, you know, I tweeted that out, kind of in jest during the game, just is trying to break the deal on Twitter. And then a million Hawk fans, oh, have you ever seen us play? Like, I feel like every team thinks that they have the worst third down defense. Uh, Randy, I'll let you give the first letter grade for the offense. Well, they showed up, so at least they got off the bus. So there'd be an a, uh, be a D there. Well, I they was, got off the bus. I would have put money that you were going at. No, they got off the bus. They showed up. I've, uh, I've said this all along. My daughter's a high school English teacher, and she's always taught me how to grade. So you show up for class. Um, you know, just yeah. like we all do. Show we up and try. Class. Yeah, show up and try. So they get a D. I don't Tommy, I, I'd probably go with a D as well. I go, wow, if I showed up to class a lot in college, <laughs> I didn't pass everything. This is an so. upset. Tommy <laughs> gives the F and not Randy today. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It was, it was atrocious. It was pretty bad. I mean, that, it, man, I've, I've watched some pretty bad football games before I covered Iowa State and that was, that was uh, among the worst. See, I, I think I watched Pioneer football. The, for the first time. two games last year were so much worse, though. Yeah, but, I wish you could see what they were trying to do. Yeah, but I would I would say you <laughs> yeah. give them an F just on they should be doing. What they do? Somebody fall than... getting off the bus or something? <laughs> Did somebody <laughs> stumble getting off the bus? I mean, I don't know for sure. They pro- uh, maybe the did. way they played, they maybe, probably did. Maybe they did. <laughs> All right, Tommy, get out of here. Randy and I will handle the rest of this. We'll uh, we'll look ahead to the Oklahoma game here in just a little bit. But there's some basketball recruiting. Basketball practice has already begun. Steve Thank Prom- goodness. Yeah, Steve Prom will meet the media on Wednesday. We can kind of talk a little hoops coming up next. Um, yeah, and then uh, we'll we'll take a look at Iowa State's road trip to Oklahoma on Saturday. More Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register when we come back here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, let's talk a little hoops. Let's change things up here. Uh, it's October 3rd. And, wow, that means basketball is just around the corner, believe it or not. Practice has already begun. Uh, I think I saw, like, there's a first media day coming up next week, like, for the Iowa State women. Drake next week, too. Drake men? Drake men is a week from Wednesday. So that's uh, that season is upon us. Thankfully. Yeah, hey, well, Peterson here loves the loves the round ball. I got a little OCD. I need to change. I yeah. need to change seasons. Well, because football, I have a feeling our listeners and they readers, don't know what we go through. Not <laughs> not that we're looking for a pity party. We're doing football from, gosh darn, at least August. Or no, at least before that. I mean, it's July spring fifteenth. I could make an well, argument. I mean, straight April. through. I was going to go at least. I was going to start backwards. At least the middle of July to now, and we can go back to April almost every day. Well, I was yeah, going to say, so, too, I, mean, I, I do think well into the it. audience probably gets a little fatigued from the football as well. Right. I mean, because we're rehashing rehash a lot of times. Absolutely. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, looking forward to that. Randy and I will be Kansas City in a couple weeks. If, if Steve Prohm, it'll be his first time talking publicly since um, the FBI sting Last week, I doubt that he'll say anything, but he'll certainly be given every chance. And it's not a it's it's a it was a pre-planned press conference. It's probably last 10 minutes. There'll be half a dozen of us standing around him 
throwing questions. It's nothing formal. No players are available. It's just, you know, just update the team. Yeah. That, and that's that's pretty much all it's going to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, it is a different feel, though. I mean, this is totally a young team. Yeah. No question. And I'm anxious to, to see how, like, how you doing with that, Steve, because the day he came in here, he had George Niang and Monte Morris. Right. And now there's really no veteran. Mm-hmm. On this team, unless you consider Donovan Jackson Bab. and Nick Weiler bad veterans, I don't mm-hmm. know if I do. I mean, Jackson's got one year of experience, and Bab's it, got one. Yeah, because right? he didn't really play yeah. at Arkansas right the year before. So it's like, who like of, of the players who's stepping up and leading? Is it Wigginton? Is it? I would you know, say I don't Jack, know. Like I would a, say DJ uh, Donovan Jackson. Yeah, you would hope. It better that. be. You would hope. And, he's and the guy. one of the things. That is also intriguing is when does Wigginton jump into the starting lineup? I know what I think. What do you think? I'm writing down right now. Well, I think he'll start game one. There you go. I wrote, that's exactly what I wrote down. He starts game one. Yeah, I think and, so too. Yeah, because because the expectations of this basketball team is certainly opposite of what it's been. The expectations have been in the past. You, Iowa State, this team won't be picked to finish higher than – Eighth? Seventh or eighth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Seventh or eighth. I mean, you're going to have – the West doormats Virginia. are better than them this what? year. Like, TCU's good. Right. They're, yeah. I don't know if Texas Tech – I mean, I man, I I need to start. I haven't – And, and Oki State. These. They're yeah. better than Oki State. They're better than – I feel like they're better than Oklahoma State. Yeah. They're going to be right there and with Baylor's Kansas always State. sneaking in there someplace. Baylor's got better players than yeah. Iowa State on paper. And West paper. Virginia could contend with, with – if anybody's going to going to end Kansas a 75-year um, – Big Twelve conference winning streak. <laughs> it could be. It could be West Virginia. Um, so, what are your expectations for the team? My because expectation- I've been saying since the end of last tournament that this is not a tournament team, and a lot of fans don't want to hear that. But I still don't think it is. My expe- Do you? My expectation for this team is to go into the last week of the season on the NCAA tournament bubble. Okay. Go into the NCAA tur- go into the go into the Big 12 tournament on the NCAA tournament bubble and go from there. Will Iowa State get into the NCAA tournament? I would say the odds are not. I would say no. Yeah, you have better you have higher expectations than I do. That would be if that's the case, there you, could be a lot of teams on probation by the time, <laughs> um, not eligible yeah, by that time. too, remember? I guess I hadn't. <laughs> I guess I hadn't considered that aspect of the equation. Yeah, but, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's kind of fun for. I mean, you'd rather had the Morris and Niang equation, and you know, with a bunch of veterans, and you know, you're a top twenty five program. But I do think it's kind of fun in the instance where it's like kind of like what Iowa's been the last couple of years. We got a bunch of young kids and. It's a different type of basketball, though, when you go to Hilton this year. I mean, you're going to see a massively improved team from the start of November to what you see in March. Oh, yeah. And, they open, and look who they open up November with. I mean, look at their November schedule. My gosh. Missouri? Yeah. Missouri's going to be a, I don't know, I was going to say a top 10 team, but they'll be a top 15 team, potentially. Certainly, they've got the best high school recruit in the country. Then they they go to um, uh, Port, uh, or South Carolina. Are you doing that game, by the way? Are you doing that tournament? Yes, I'm doing that tournament. Yeah, okay. Are you? Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. they go, then they go to South Carolina, play Appalachian. Okay, they beat Appalachian State. Then they could play UTEP. Then they could play South Carolina. Not in that order. Um, but South Carolina, last I thought, knew they were in the Final Four last year. Um, they play Iowa. It's so it's a tough it's a tough tough November schedule. 
Yeah, um, it, it'll be fun. I, I think, too, I, I've been impressed the last couple of years where not necessarily in-game coaching because I don't feel I'm too qualified to to really analyze that in the sport of basketball, but I, I think Prohm's biggest strength is a coach. I want to get your take on this. Is Prohm's ability to manage a roster throughout the year. And I'm not talking X's and O's. I'm talking mentally. I feel like he has a very good connection with these guys where it's like if a guy, for instance, we've seen him suspend a guy in the middle of the season. Jamil. Yeah. And Jamil comes back better than ever. Uh, what he did with Bowie last year, where Bowie was a real contributor right. to that team at the end of the year, and it didn't at look At the like beginning of the season, you wonder why so the heck this I kid think was that will be good. interesting to see how he does that with a young team. And Burton. He got a, he, yeah, Burton. He got, a great he got so much out of Burton, too. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. He knows how to handle people. Um, he knows what buttons to push um, with those guys. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's just, but those guys that he was, with whom he was, to whom he was doing this, I think for the most part they were veteran guys. I don't know how far he wants yeah. to push Terrence Lewis. What does he how, do this year? Does he, how far does he want to push does he, Lindell Wigginton's buttons? Um, you know, Cam Lard. And will he um, need to? Well, exactly, yeah. Because I think a lot of those guys, they had some baggage, and that's why they were at right. Iowa State. Yeah, yeah. They had these guys, and these guys don't, obviously. Not that we know of. Yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Um, I, you know, we know how good, how the good these guys can be. I think I talking to somebody today, wanting to know what I thought was the biggest X factor on this team as far as an individual. I think Cam Lard. I mean, if this guy is, yeah, that because they need boost. a big guy, they need somebody in the yeah. middle, and Solomon Young certainly can't do it all by himself. Um, you know, and they've got those big guys sitting out doing the sit out year this year. And we, how do we know how good, um, or how healthy, what's his name's going to be? Brace? Hans. Hans. How good's Hans going to be? You like Hans because of the auto racing. How good Hans is going to be? <laughs> Are you referencing the Hans device? <laughs> I am. God rest Dale Earnhardt's soul. Yeah. How good Hans is going to be? We don't know how good, um, Who's the other kid? Beverly. Beverly. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that's Yeah, don't him. maybe. He's a 6'6 six, six power forward at yeah. Big 12. Yeah, exactly. Right, is he 6'6? Six, six? I don't it, even know it, if he's it, that. that but I think he's but probably 6'4. He's, six, a, he's four, a tweener actually. power forward in the Big 12. Yeah, exactly. So, um, those guys can gobble up some minutes. That's, that's all well and good. But, but Lard, um, Lewis, Wigginton, those guys are going to have to play 30 minutes or, you know, 28 to 30 minutes. Elsewhere, um, Iowa State basketball picked up a commitment on Monday. Thought this one would probably go in Iowa State's favor, and it did. George Condit, six foot ten, two hundred and twenty pound power forward out of Chicago, a legacy recruit. His father, and you can talk more about this than I can, Randy. His father was a defensive end for the Cyclone football team in the seventies, nineties, 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 not seventies, nineties. Yeah, I talked to his father today. His father was very excited. Um, his father said that he did as much as he could to stay out of his kid's way, let him make his own decision. But we all know that when kid was here, dad let him around campus, which was cool, which was cool. I mean, that is um, neat. That's yeah. Neat. Cause that yeah. kid had probably never been campus or, yeah. I mean, if he had not. No, exactly. Not. I mean, if my granddaughter wants to go to Drake, I'll walk her around the Drake campus too. Yeah. I mean, I mean so yeah. Absolutely. So, um, but anyway. So, so that, that whole thing's kind of cool. The, the legacy factor. I talked to his dad today and we were talking about, about stuff and, um, the kid grew three or four inches between June and August. Um, How in the hell does that happen? I don't know. 
I don't. That's what I asked the is dad. That even possible? That's what I asked the dad, and dad says, dad says that that the doctor said he could get to be seven foot. He's still growing. He just turned seventeen. He's still growing. And so, I, to which I said, to how, the, how tall's dad? Dad's six six. I looked that up today. Okay. Dad's six six. Mom's, Mom. Mom's five eleven. Okay. I got all this good stuff. Attaboy. All this. I knew you would. Useless information. I knew you would. But uh, but I asked the dad. I said, okay, but but the kid still looks like a street. Still looks like a a a, um, um, a light pole. You know, um, out there. And he said, yeah, telephone pole. He said, yeah, you're right. He said, he said, and he, and I'll tell you what, when he got, when he, when he ballooned from, from 190 to, to 200, also during that three months, he was ecstatic. <laughs> I started laughing and he said, Hey, he said he was 185. He said, so that's, you know, you can imagine how skinny he was when he was 185. He's got the body to go to 220, as dad said, once and with the, the, the weights that, you know the the strength the 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 weights that the weightlifting that he'll do. I'm sure he'll get there. But Iowa State fans need to tap the brakes if they're expecting all world from this kid until he seems like a maybe his guy. sophomore or junior year. Yeah, he seems like a developmental guy. He yeah exactly. I mean they'll be he'll be like his dad told me he and I'm not saying dissing the kid and neither was his father. But he's not grown physically into his body. His talent has not grown into his body. He's like yet. the 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 puppy with really big feet. Yeah, it could be. Got to yeah. grow into him. Right. Yeah. My dog. But I mean, the, the the potential is there, um, and it'll it will you know he'll eventually the 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 growth the growth the athletic ability will meet his growth. Um, but you know, if Iowa State can get some minutes out of him in 2018, 19 season, just as a shot blocker, just as somebody that disrupts shots, alters shots, tweaks shots um, from the opponent in the middle, hey, that's that's a good thing. Um, because Iowa State in in eighteen nineteen is going to get back to being the perimeter, going to be a better team than what it was, than what it was in in whatever this is seventeen eighteen. Yeah. So yeah, I the the other factor here with with George Condit is that um, they've already, Iowa State's already got one kid from Chicago. Yeah, Zion Griffin. Zion Griffin. Zion yeah. Griffin. Zion. Zion. Does this open up? Does this open that Chicago land door even? wider for Taylor Norton Tucker. Iowa State I I've, I've heard has pretty much um put is pretty much putting all its recruiting now into this kid. I don't think they're they I don't think they're you know Ramey the the kid from whatever his name is Ray, something Ramey. Yeah, I know. Um, about, from yeah. Louisville. He's one of those kids that that decommitted and and Iowa State recruited him earlier. He's a point. I've heard that Iowa State um is not well, they already got Halliburton. Now. And they've, yeah, exactly. And and what's that kid's name? Harris, Tyler. Tyler Harris. Tyler Harris, kid from down in yeah. uh, Georgia. I, I haven't heard a whole lot about him lately. I'm thinking that Iowa State's putting everything into. Well, they Taylor only have Norton one Tucker. spot left. Exactly. Yeah. So I think now, they're putting everything into Taylor Norton Tucker and getting these two kids out of the Chicago land. That could be opening that door even farther. Interesting stuff. Uh, the basketball recruiting world is uh, going through some very. Um, Turbulent times right wow. now. What do you? What? I I don't even know where to go with this. I mean, I know we talked about it. Did we talk about it last week? I think we probably just did. a little bit. I think we, we probably did. You know. Actually, I don't know if we did. I don't think the story broke. I don't know. What, I don't remember what day it broke. Um, but uh, it's 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 a good thing that it's happening. I think um, because it's it's gonna it's gonna clean up basketball for at least a couple of years. Yeah. And before the, you know, while these. Um, um, energetic young assistant coaches 
who think they have to make a name for themselves, figure out another way to to cheat the system. I wonder, too, like this is just a skeptic in me. I'm curious how many of these guys, they all knew they were cheating. I I believe that. The the assistants or the head coaches of the assistants? Assistants. Right. Oh, absolutely. They they knew that they were bending rules trying to get players. Mm -hmm. I wonder how many of them consciously thought, I am committing a federal crime to get players. You know what I mean? There's a difference. I just, I wonder, like, how many of these guys who are, not even the 10 that were arrested last. I think the shoe companies are absolutely guilty and knew exactly what Right, they but I don't, I'm not certain they're going to get blamed at anything. They'll blame anything, but I'm yeah. not certain they'll get convicted of anything. So my, my, They'll have such good lawyers over there. Yeah, you know? my, my, just my question is, Randy, is like how many of these guys, the, the, there's a difference between knowing you're cheating in your sport and knowing that you're committing a federal crime. I think they... I don't know. Well, if they didn't know they weren't com- if they didn't know they were committing federal offenses, they're idiots. Um, they obviously knew they were cheating. Um, I'm guessing that they no they I'm ge- they probably didn't weigh the they didn't weigh the consequences. I, I I'm guessing because if it's a federal offense, I I don't I think you'd back out of it as quick as you could. If they realized what they were doing was a federal offense and could mean Leavenworth, I think they'd back out of that. I hope they would back out yeah. of it at least. And maybe I'm giving them too much credit, which I probably am. Yeah, I don't even know if it matters. I just I was thinking about that last That's week. That's a great question. Because it's like, would you not have cheated if you you what, well, how what to what extent will you break a law? Yeah, and that was my deal. Because when like the FBI got involved, the, the, it hit me when I was reading that FBI yeah. document. Because I'm like, holy crap, like. Did these guys have any clue what they were getting themselves? This is wiretapping. This was yeah. This is video surveillance. This is undercover agents. My gosh. Yeah, I mean, this I, was big time stuff. Because I, I think in the past it has paid to cheat. Like, yeah, and I and, hope they and I hope they go up the river. I absolutely down the river, whatever it is. I mean, is. if you're going to open hope the they dam do. like this, then sure. you got to go all the way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know whether um, the FBI, whether anybody's. Um, turned anybody else in you know whether other people other coaches have flipped on other coaches on their brothers i don't know i don't know that. Well, yeah, we'll find that out we will find months. that out and the ncaa is i don't know what they're going to do but i'm guessing they're not going to do much because they'll cosmetically do something but do they really want to screw up their billion dollar ncaa no. tournament not at all no Absolutely way not i mean that the, all the yeah the tv money is going to go away and Whatever, twenty twenty four, twenty five. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I don't think the NCAA is going to do. We are in much. the. This is the. This is potentially the most important college athletic story you've covered in your career. Well, I think it is. Yeah, the, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was certainly living during Boston College point shaving, but um, um, I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't have anything to do yeah, with between it. Between this, this and the, the and the new TV contracts in 2024, that's I mean, good. the wow. entire future yeah. is and up not and only up. TV contracts but also reorganization. That's your favorite word. Um, realignment, baby. Realignment. Yeah, yeah. your favorite My wheelhouse. Word. Your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that this whole thing in seven years is going to be crazy. I just hope to be around for it. Oh, I will be around. be around for it. You'll be. Around. I guarantee it. I'll be standing right here seven years from now. Heck yeah. Whatever this is, three, four, six, six, yeah, 
Seven, it's the, the third. Six thirty-five. It's the third of October, two thousand and seventeen. All right. Um, take a quick look at Iowa State and Oklahoma. Iowa State. Why? A twenty-eight point <laughs> underdog. For yeah, Saturday's went up today. Road <laughs> trip that. to Oregon. Uh, Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register is here, Cyclone Insider. We will dissect what are some goals, what are some objectives for the Cyclones heading into Saturday. Touching all that and more next here on Cyclone Insider with 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Let's put a bow on this week's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. Quick programming reminder, tomorrow Hawk Central with Chad Lysico, Mark Emmert, and Ross Peterson. That will be on from 6 to 7. The High School Insider program on Friday and then, of course, on Thursday nights, the the big back-to-back with Cyclone Fanatic Radio, Hawkeye Nation Radio, uh, from 6 to 8 here on KXNO. Uh, Randy Peterson is with me. We look ahead to an 11 o'clock kick, Iowa State and Oklahoma. It's been since 1990 was the last time that the Cyclones defeated Oklahoma. This is a game where, you know, my generation... Randy, I've I've never seen Iowa State beat Oklahoma. I don't remember 1990. Um, the way I look at Saturday, and this is such a defeatist attitude, but I, I don't think you can blame me. Just don't get killed. Like don't yeah. don't lose fifty <laughs> to nothing. Exactly what I wrote Just I, literally, yeah, yeah. Come back healthy, as healthy as you can. Um, try and regain a little bit of that offensive momentum. I think they can score some points. I don't think they're as bad of an offensive team as we saw on Thursday. And um, come back and get ready to go and try and blow out a Kansas team to regain the season. Get That's the, how I look at Saturday. David Montgomery needs a needs a hundred and fifty yard game rushing. Get his confidence on Saturday. Back. Yeah, to get his confidence back. Do you think I have a lot of respect for Tom Manning? I hated having to kill him on Thursday. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like killing him. I think, Sunday and Monday. I think he's whatever. a really yeah. good coach. Right. From what we saw last year, I'm just going off of last year. Right. What do you anticipate from the offense? I anticipate I anticipate Montgomery will get 150 yards rushing, at least the and the the because um, they've got to get him going. They've got to get like you mentioned, get some confidence going into into Kansas. I'm I'm hoping that Jacob Park passes for 275 or so yards, get his confidence going a little bit. Now, granted, he's going to be going against um, a very good defense also, so. To get those guys, but to get those guys going a little bit, like you said, don't get anybody hurt. That would be that would be horrific. And assuming Texas doesn't, Texas will probably kick off six times. Probably. You mean Oklahoma or Oklahoma probably kick yeah. off six times? Uh, you, you're assuming all, that, you're really fired up about this kick return. Uh, thing. Assuming they don't all go into the end zone. Oh. It's return return something back to the forty yard line you have or something. Stats on that? I don't on kick return. Well, they probably out there somewhere. It's yeah. It, yeah, and I may go back and look into that too. It's not that hard after four games, um, just to go into the into the play by plays. But but yeah, get somebody that can take it out to the forty yard line. Get some field position. My golly, um, get some of that going. And I don't think they're going to play Kane Nwangu. I don't think that's going to be the guy. I'd almost he'd be in there by now. Brute to not play Nwangu. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, we've heard so much about Johnny Lang, and I, then again, we heard on Monday that he'd been hurt. Also, so I think those are the goals for Iowa State. Obviously, to win the game, don't get me wrong, but to to play respectable. Um, you know, like I said, they get David Montgomery going to get the passing game going for the defense not to embarrass itself. And granted, Baker Mayfield, that's going to be a tough one, but 
you know, to maybe pick off a pass or two from him, um, keep him under 400 yards passing. I think that would be that would be very um, a, that would be a very good goal for Iowa State, and then and then not get beat by more than what? What it'll be a two touchdown game through three quarters, probably two touchdown game, and then gradually Oklahoma may pull out, may pull away. I, I got a kick return stat. There you go. Okay. Uh, Mike, Warren. you were missing the word I said. You were looking at stats, which is I good. Was try, I was trying to add. No, the good, program. good for you. Yeah. Mike Warren is the 177th ranked kick returner in the country. Yeah. He's at uh, eight returns at an average of 20.8 yards per return. Yeah, that's not going to get you much. 177th. That's that's not good. Man, there's this one guy. <laughs> there's like a band camp? <laughs> what was that movie? <laughs> a guy, this is how bad Charlotte must be. So Warren's returned eight kicks. A guy named Chris Montgomery for Charlotte has returned 20 kicks this year. So is a, a guy from Hawaii has returned 21, and they're both ranked below Warren. Dude, K-State played Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> they probably killed him, too. 55-7? to seven? The, the, Apparently Charlotte's defense is terrible. 55-7, to seven, K-State beat him. It's crazy, though. And they shut it at, down in the third quarter. I can look at one stat and tell you how bad a team is just because they're I mean, if Hawaii's kick returner has returned 21 kicks I know this year, that yeah, defense has to be ton. horrible. They're kicking off a lot. Uh, do you got any? Just so that's your prediction. You think they hang for a while? I think they hang for a while, and, and but like I said, Montgomery's got to get going. Yeah, they've no, got to get him going. I'm totally with you. All right, Randy, it's been a good show. Yeah, it's fun. I enjoy. Well, looking forward to uh, coverage tomorrow. A little basketball. I'm I'm looking forward to that. We'll be heading to Kansas City here in a couple weeks. I know. I'm looking forward to that one too. Yeah, for the for the Big Twelve. That'll basketball. be interesting. Because by then we'll see what happens to. That's going to be one of the, the more feds. interesting Big Twelve basketball yeah. media days. And I know it. And I can't imagine past. what. What you know, like Huggy will say, Bob Huggins will say, or um, Self's always a good Bill quote. Self. You know, I don't well, know whether it'll be on the podium or whether they're in breakouts. Self's in Adidas school too, so that's even yes, interesting. Exactly. All right, uh, he's Randy Peterson. Thanks to Tommy Birch earlier in the program for his contributions. Uh, we've got Fox Sports Radio coming up. Cardinals are done. Uh, Morning Rush will be on tomorrow, bright and early at six here on fourteen sixty KXNO.